I kind of did a lot of different crafty things and, you know, went and bought all of the stuff from Spotlight and spent five minutes working on it and then just stopped and put the stuff in the craft room and, and never touched it again. But embroidery seemed to be the thing that just I kept going back to every time. Hello and welcome to The Mindful Isle, the podcast where we have conversations with doers, makers and thinkers from all corners of Tasmania, talking all things slow living, ethical business, sustainability and fostering community connection. I'm your host, Daisy Baker. In today's episode, you'll meet Lindsay Andrew, a creative living between Tasmania and Western Australia, who you might better know as Lindsay Stitches. She's an embroidery artist who's tackled everything in her designs from flora and fauna through to people, buildings, and even political commentary. In this episode, we discuss Lindsay's impressive 2020 embroidery journal. She stitched one thing on there every day last year, 366 days. It's an amazing piece, which has since been in an exhibition. And since our conversation, she's been awarded a Frankie Goodstuff Award, which is incredible. She'll tell us a bit more about that, how that came around. And she'll also tell us a bit more about the project that she's working on this year, her 2021 embroidery hoop, and also give us a glimpse of what the future might hold for Lindsay Stitches. Lindsay's so much fun, and I hope that you love this conversation as much as I did. Here's Lindsay. Welcome to the Mindful Isle, Lindsay. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for having me, Daisy. As always, a couple of quick fire questions to start off with. How would you describe Tassie living in one sentence? Um, I feel like Tassie is so small and everything is just so close. Like having lived in Western Australia last year and coming back here um, and realising that everything is only about two hours or like a maximum of like four hours away, everything is so so accessible and so close to get to we're very lucky aren't we and and sometimes it does take going somewhere else and then coming back and just seeing it with fresh eyes just how lucky we are how accessible everything is here yeah what's your favorite way to integrate mindfulness into your day uh I'm not super into meditation I can't sort of close my brain off it doesn't really work so much for me but I actually really like I think the closest thing that I would do is driving. I really like driving around in the car. I've got the dog in the passenger seat and I can listen to music and you're kind of in your own little world while you also have to be so conscious of things that are going on around you. It just makes me feel really, you know, like I'm real. (laughs) Yeah, definitely draws you back into the present moment, doesn't it? Yes. And you're kind of isolated, insulated from the world in your own little bubble. Exactly, yeah. Quite nice. All right, let's dive in. You've been stitching for seven years now and you started Lindsay Stitches back in 2018. What led you to embroidery in the first place and how much has your style evolved since you first started out? So the first thing I actually ever stitched with embroidery was in college. So it was like 10 years ago. I stitched my name onto a fabric journal cover that we had to make for an assessment. and then I kind of never really did it again for a few more years and then started, I picked it up again in probably around 2014. Um, and then I kind of did a lot of different crafty things and, you know, went and bought all of the stuff from Spotlight and spent five minutes working on it and then just stopped and put the stuff in the craft room and, and never touched it again. But embroidery seemed to be the thing that just 
I kept going back to every time. And so that's just where I ended up being. <laughs> and style-wise, you do quite a realistic work, but also it's kind of playful at the same time. How would you describe yeah. your style? Well, I guess I would say like semi-realistic. I really like doing like more cartoony sort of things or like, but I love seeing things like in Tassie, like buildings or, you know, the, the trout at Derby that I'm doing and all that sort of thing and just kind of making it a little bit more simplified so that I can stitch it and then turning it into something that looks pretty cool. It's a quite an art to that I would imagine to pick out mm. what are the things that make something really distinct like how far can you strip it back where it's still yeah, going to be exactly. really identifiable but yeah it's also fun at the same time that's it yeah and just on that note you've completed quite a diverse range of designs buildings landscapes animals people political commentary any standout favorite designs that you've stitched so far um I mean my 2020 hoop is probably the my favorite of all time just because it is so personal but also um another favorite is the um another derby one that I stitched of the um the axe head trail with the um with the twirlies going or the twisties going up the um up the hill um I just love derby and it's so special to me and going mountain bike riding so um I people have asked me if they could buy that one but it's just is so special to me I can't do it <laughs> oh that's so lovely you're like no it's too dear too dear to my yeah. heart I can't let that one go yeah. <laughs> exactly what's the process say from looking at Derby seeing a place that you really love and then translating that onto the hoop through to the finished product how long would that take you and what does it involve Oh, I'm not really very good at answering how long things take because I just do it so kind of sporadically. Like I never sit down and work on something for, you know, as long as it takes. Um, but I kind of just, you know, you take photos wherever you go of things that are interesting or cute or fun or whatever. Uh, and then I've got an app on my iPad called Procreate and you just, I just put my photo on there, trace it basically and um and simplify it like I said before and then I'm able to transfer it to a bit of fabric in a hoop and then stitch it you make that sound so easy <laughs> I mean it is for me I've been doing it for a long time though but yeah <laughs> I'm sure you've, you've picked up lots of handy hints along the way that have made it you know yep. a bit quicker and a bit easier for you yeah you mentioned just before your 2020 embroidery hoop you completed that last year, stitching one thing on there every day for 366 days of the year. Yes. Yep. And I should note there too, you got nominated for the Frankie Good Stuff Awards for that hoop, which is so awesome. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. And to you as well. Oh, thank you. That was not at all like a, oh, and by the way, <laughs> but thank you. Where did the idea come from your, for your embroidery journal and how did you stay accountable? So I think it was only in like the last few days or maybe even the last day of 2019, I kind of saw somebody else like post their finished um, 2019 hoop on Instagram. And I'd never somehow after having been stitching for like seven years or whatever, I'd never seen anything like that before. Um, and it was the perfect time to sort of start it. So I just got a hoop at one that was, 
kind of big, but in hindsight, not probably big enough. Um, and started stitching. And then throughout the year, my following on Instagram kind of grew quite a lot um, just from using hashtags and, and posting updates of the hoop. So um, that is what kind of held me accountable because I couldn't publicly fail. <laughs> Once you got all those people playing along at home, they're like, come on, Lindsay. <laughs> exactly. I must say, like, whenever I've tried to do projects like that where it's like every day I'm going to do xyz it might be great for about three weeks and then I start to get behind and then it's like Mm -hmm. it's ticking along in my head and I'm keeping this mental list like oh I did this on Monday so I need to stitch in a hamburger and then I need to you know it stacks up (laughs) exactly did you get behind at all or did you keep on top of it I got, I think the most, the furthest I was behind was about 21 days. So three weeks. So yeah, I definitely, I kept being every month I would post an update of it and I would be like, okay, this month I'm really going to do it every day and make the time. You know, it only takes five minutes if you do it every day, but when you have to catch up on three weeks of stitching it and trying to remember and go through your photos and see what happened and what you did, um, it makes it a little bit tricky. I did keep a journal. Um, I tried to at least keep a journal of things that I did to remind me, but sometimes you had to like change things if like I couldn't think of something to stitch for that particular thing and like things if I did something twice or I think there are a couple of things on there that I have accidentally doubled up on, but that's life. Give us some examples. What are some of the things that you stitched on there? I've got it here. So I'll have a look because I, I have somehow forgotten everything. Um, There's 366 things. So you, you're doing a great job if you can remember <laughs> all of that. <laughs> uh, so I've got the first thing that I did on there was uh, our rooftop tent because for New Year's Eve um, of 2019 and 2020, my partner and I were camping down on the West Coast of Tassie. Uh, and then I have a lot of things on there from I was kind of selling all of our stuff because we were getting ready to move over to WA. So I've sold a fridge and a couple of cars and um, <laughs> furniture and all that sort of stuff. Um, and then I've got things on there from like what I cooked in the day, um, uni results. Um, we went traveling in WA, so all sorts of touristy things and all that sort of stuff. And um, on the last day I stitched um, a picture of myself because I thought that I deserved it. Absolutely. Totally agree. <laughs> <laughs> and for people at home who haven't maybe seen a photo of your hoop, just describe like how big it is and how big are each of these individual icons that you've stitched on each day. So it's a 200 millimeter embroidery hoop. So it's about 20 centimeters diameter. Uh, and each, so it's segmented as if it was a clock, uh, into the months of the year. Uh, and then within those segments, I stitched, um, a thing every day. So they're probably, uh, I don't even know what I can compare it to. I guess a five cent coin is kind of a generic kind of size comparison, but they're like, some of them are like a quarter of the size of that. So if that, yeah, depending on what they are. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Mm. 
And so earlier this year, that embroidery journal that was in the Canary Art Centre's Art for Isolation exhibit, mm-hmm. pretty awesome to have you work in an exhibit. Firstly, yes. what was it, what was your 2020 like and what's it like to have something that you can kind of look back on your year in such intimate detail? Um, it's, I think it's really nice to um, remember things that seem so insignificant at the time and probably still are. But, you know, 2020 was such a wild time for everybody, not just me. Um, but to be able to look at every single thing that I did, whether it was big or small, and see it in one place um, captured in this hoop is just and it makes it it's it makes it look more beautiful than 2020 really probably was yeah do you think that this is something that really kept you going through last year and all that unpredictable moments yeah I think so because I was kind of um moved over to WA very spontaneously and then kind of got stuck there without the dog and without a lot of our things so um it was I think it made time probably go quicker when I had had to remember something for every day to to actually stay accountable and and hold on to it gives you a focus yeah yeah absolutely tell us about this year's project so this year I'm doing so if you picture a a slightly bigger hoop but in the same clock sort of fashion um, I'm designing a different um pattern every month that's inspired by something that happens in nature at that sort of time Um, and then I'm making it I'm stitching it onto that big hoop and then making it onto a smaller hoop as well uh, and then making embroidery kits out of those so lots of people at home can join in and follow along with the project. Which is so cool to see I'm sure people stitching your design at home. That's mm-hmm. awesome. How, yeah. what's that experience like seeing other people kind of out in the wild for lack of a better term, sort of stitching your designs? Yeah, it's, it's pretty, I don't really know how to say it. I don't know. It's just not something that I ever thought that I was good enough to do or that I would be able to do. So it is, it is really special that people actually think that I am worth, um, buying something from (laughs) absolutely yeah and just last weekend you did a couple of workshops in Ross teaching embroidery how did that go what was some of the feedback that you got from people yeah that was really awesome that was through um, women's health Taz are doing um, an exhibition for international women's day next year called knit your bits and so it's all kind of fiber related um, art Um, And they're getting a lot of different people to make a lot of different things um, based on women's body parts. And they're going to have an exhibition for that next year. And I was asked by Tamara at the Tasmanian Wool Centre down in Ross um, if I could go and do a workshop, um, an embroidery workshop for that, which was really cool. Um, So I went to that. That was free for everybody who came along, which was, I think, was really cool because they got to take home um, their hoop and needles and all that sort of stuff. So everybody, I'm kind of scared of doing workshops because, again, I feel that I'm not qualified to be doing that sort of thing. But I think 
everybody enjoyed it and everybody had good things to say about it. So that was, it was a bit of a confidence boost for me. Fantastic. And I saw on Instagram some some that you shared, like designs that you'd done with people or some, I think some people bought along their own designs and you kind of helped them yeah, yeah. stitch. Yeah, they all looked yeah. so cool. Yeah, it was awesome. It was really good to see people come along with their own designs and, and do what they wanted to do. It was great. And so will they all be part of the exhibit or? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think that's the plan. So once everybody's finished um, stitching their design, so they were able to take it home and then they'll, once they're finished, they'll send it back um, to the Wool Centre who will then forward it on to Hobart to Women's Health TAS and then they'll set up the exhibition for next year. So everyone will be part of it, which is really cool. Wow. Is teaching workshops something that you'd like to do more of in the future as well as producing your kits for sale online? I think so, maybe, but I'm kind of a bit more, um, I really like a, not that workshops are not relaxed, but I really like a sort of casual setting like I really I kind of post on Instagram sometimes saying hey I'm going to stitch in the park at this time on this day come along if you want to and we can just kind of relax and chat and do things together I think that's probably more what I am into but uh, workshops are I will not rule it out at this point yeah you're right it would be quite a different atmosphere I would imagine structured workshop versus a more casual informal yeah. get together where we can just have fun and chat about embroidery and yeah, whatever totally. else yeah yeah very cool and you mentioned before how you've been living between Tasmania and Western Australia what was it that drew you to Esperance and will you keep living between the two so my partner works um as an ocean engineer over in WA so he worked um he flew out, um, flew in and out of Tassie uh, in 2019. And then in 2020, he was doing this um, job in Esperance, which was to build their new jetty. Um, and because it was such a big job, he was going to be there kind of all the time. Um, it was easier for us to kind of move over there. So that was the plan initially, but then everything kind of started going downhill at the start of 2020, obviously. Um, and being able to drive our car over there with the dog and all of our stuff um, didn't really happen. Um, so I ended up when the borders to WA were closing, I kind of had to go, okay, I need to leave now. Um, so I packed up everything, booked a flight and left the next day. Um, and went to Esperance and spent um, the year there, which was um, really cool and really exciting to see the see the jetty get built. Um, and that gave me a lot of things to put on my hoop as well because I was always checking on it and getting excited about the, the finish line for that. Um, and Josh has gone back over we came back over here for a couple of months because he had some time off um and he we're in the same situation again essentially so we still can't drive over there because of border restrictions so he's back over there at work now and I am going over uh on the 17th of October so I'm here for a little bit longer and then running away will we get you back again 
Oh, yeah, definitely. I'll hopefully, now that there are flights between Launceston and Perth happening, that makes life a lot easier coming to and from. Maybe one of the best states to be traveling back and forth from at the moment. Yes, it wasn't um, when when you couldn't get there directly, but now that everything is a lot easier, then yes, it is ideal. Very good. Tell us what your day-to-day life is like. How much time would you sort of spend doing your Lindsay Stitches work and then what does the rest of your life look like? Um, so I try to wake up really early. This week I've been waking up at 5.30 so that I can try and I'm, I'm a lot more productive in the mornings so I try to extend my morning as long as possible because as soon as it gets to like 10 o'clock I kind of go well the day's over I can't do anything (laughs) (laughs) um so I try to get up nice and early um and start doing some work I don't really I'm not very good at making a plan or like organizing my day I kind of just do whatever happens to be in front of me and chop and change between different things so um until recently I'm having a break from uni at the moment but I would kind of try to do a couple of hours of uni and a couple of hours of stitching and then a couple of hours of like packing kits or like doing online stuff and all that sort of thing um so it's really is different every day and I just take everything as it comes just try and keep all those balls in the air (laughs) yeah it's good (laughs) and it's living between different states like I'm sure that's being pretty challenging for you yeah as far as your embroidery goes have you got a dream project that you would like to stitch um so I really love stitching um houses and stuff so I kind of I really love the idea of I've had a few people um get me to stitch things to put up in their airbnbs um so that's something I really love doing so if anybody has um, Airbnbs that they want stitched, then I am ready for it. Um, otherwise, I uh, like I said before, I've stitched um, a couple of things in Derby because it's just my favourite place. Um, so having doing like kind of a series of things for different towns um, and then having like an exhibition, whether that's in real life or online or something, that is something that I would really love to do. Yeah, awesome. I love that idea. You know, a few things that represent different places throughout mm. Tassie all, all together would be, yeah, a really yeah. nice collection. Mm. Awesome. Well, a final question to wrap us up, Lindsay, where would you like to see Tasmania in five years' time? Um, so this is not very realistic but I would love it if Tassie was closer to Western Australia so I could be (laughs) in both simultaneously somehow um but I don't think that's going to be happening anytime soon so I'll just be happy with the direct flights um and being able to move around freely um but kind of like I just said I would love for there to be like a merging of this is very a bit selfish and personal for me but like merging my two passions which are like mountain biking or like tourism stuff and arts and crafts um like say um like the ews events in derby or like any festivals or anything like that 
having um, like arts exhibitions and stuff as well, because I'm sure I'm not the only person who loves the two things. That's such a great point too, because they're, I guess when you're thinking about hobbies, they kind of seem worlds away, but you're right. There's often so much overlap and people aren't just, you know, one-sided like, oh, I'm really into mountain bikes and that's it. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, so absolutely. And what, what a good uh, collaboration, I guess, between the two. I'm sure a lot of people mm. would be on board with seeing that as well. Yeah. Thanks so much for your time, Lindsay. Awesome. Thanks, Daisy. Thank you so much for listening into this episode of The Mindful Isle. Lindsay is so much fun and I just, I really loved hearing more about her creative process. Highly recommend you go and check out some of Lindsay's work. You can find her on Instagram and you can also click through the link in her bio to her website if you're keen to get one of her embroidery kits, which by the way, would probably make an awesome Christmas present for someone or even for yourself if you need a little holiday project. You can find us on Instagram at The Mindful Isle. I'll be back in your ears next week with another episode about conscious living in Tasmania.